0: On. It's really
1: light. The, it's light. Uh, the light, yeah. It, the the, the light, light is light. No, wow. the, the sat
0: is light. <laughs> the sat is light. Okay. That's right. <laughs> it's not very heavy. It, it floats. It's so light. Up, up uh, in the up in the sky beyond the sky, in, in the, watching over us, helping us navigate.
1: Are we in the low orbit, low low Earth orbit, or in the higher one? Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but the answer is yes.
0: No, it is, yes. we're uh, no, let's I, stay I, low I, today. Let's stay low.
1: Today. Yeah, we're staying low. We're staying low. And the, there is a few things that, uh, when I was looking at what uh, Johannes here, the, our guest for today, that we will introduce properly in a few seconds, um, there's a few things that stuck in my mind, uh, when uh, when I was reading the abstract for his uh, presentation and, uh, yeah, the, a busy low Earth orbit, it's one thing that I always imagine to be a little bit too much traffic for my taste.
0: <laughs> the the uh, Space Traffic Control Center is hard at work, I'm sure. Yep. I'm, I'm joking, but there's probably something like that. Uh, but look, before we uh, keep messing around any further, Marco, let's in, <laughs> introduce uh, Johannes Wilbold. How are you, Johannes? Good to have you on the show.
2: Great. Thanks uh, for having me. How about you?
0: It's going to be, it's going to be a fun conversation uh driven by a, a session that you've put together which was accepted by uh the, the incredible and incredibly difficult uh, board at black hat <laughs> so congratulations I'm very grateful to, to be there <laughs> yes exactly and uh it's about low earth orbit satellites that's why we're joking about that and analyzing uh all of that uh, which we're going to talk about here in a moment before we get into that though johannes a little bit about yourself what you do research you're up up to and what's going on
2: sure yeah so as you already introduced my name is johannes wilbold i'm a doctoral student at the Ruhr university in bochum that is in germany and uh, i started my phd basically uh, i think a good two years ago and uh, started in a general area of software security, system security, so really looking into systems where you can find vulnerabilities in general. And I quickly switched into the space track, let's say, um, of, of that field because it's space. And I think that's pretty pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Um, And there's not a lot of space research really. So that was pretty intriguing, especially when you look at satellites themselves and satellite software. So really the research that we did was first going out and try to get research uh, satellite software, which is not easy to get since dumping it from a live satellite is usually, uh, let's say tricky. Um, So we went out to people, we we asked them for firmware. Can you give us your firmware? And uh, we figure out what kind of vulnerabilities you might have in your firmware. Um, and that worked decently well. We got several firmware images together, um, From one from the University of Tartau for the EST-Cube 1, um, one from the ESA, from the European Space Agency for OPSAT, which is an experimental satellite platform, and one for Flying Laptop, which is basically a technology tester for aerospace and defense. And um, we then basically went over these and first had a look into satellite systems. I, I'm, I'm really into space, but uh, I, I never looked into a satellite itself. Um, so really, the first stage of our research was figuring out how a satellite works in general and uh, understanding what the technical difficulties are, not, not yet on a security level. And then in the next step, jump in and figure out what kind of architectural issues you might see talking about, for example, the encryption of the commands that go to the satellite. And then in the next step, figuring out what kind of vulnerabilities, what kind of software vulnerabilities you might find that you find on Earth and also maybe in space or maybe just some that you only find in space. And this was kind of the, the first step of our research. And uh, we, we found definitely quite some interesting things that uh, um, we can probably go into details in a moment. And yeah, so we, several issues there.
1: We can, and I know that we had few conversations. Sean had a little bit more than me in term of security of satellites. But, you know, like I mentioned before we started, we're a good friend with the Aerospace Village at DEFCON. So we're actually going to talk to them later today. And uh, it's a big topic. So before you guys start to, 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 to dig into the technicality of, uh, of the security, there is one concept that I would like to kind of ask you to explain for the people that are not too much into this, which is security by obscurity, which is kind of a cool name for a website. But uh, <laughs> can, you, can you explain what that is?
2: Absolutely, um, that's a pretty important concept. Let's say for for space tra- uh, for space security, which is kind of unfortunate because security by obscurity is something that you don't really want to have. Um, so security by obscurity says a sec- this: the system is secure because essentially nobody knows how it works, in, or maybe not knows how it works in detail. So really, for example, we had encryption. Uh, long time ago and probably still there is some encryption like that that only is secure because nobody knows how exactly the steps are to to encrypt that and um really what you want to have is like security well by design by default there, there are many areas like this um, but you basically want that your system is secure against an attacker even if everybody knows every little detail about the system. So you want that your system is secure, even if, for example, researchers and penetration testers and hobbyists can look into the system, figure out all the vulnerabilities and tell you maybe how, how to fix them and how to improve the security. Um, and really, you, you shouldn't rely on security by not knowing people how stuff is working. Um, this this is, can be a fair layer of on top of your actual security. That uh, certainly happens many times. Um, But what we are seeing a lot in in space is security by obscurity is like kind of the main defense lines, people not knowing how it works. And then when we come and uh, we get insights from people, then this entire constructs get pretty shaky.
0: And uh, so before I get into the the technicalities of it, uh, I'd like for you maybe to describe some of the things that are that are up there are they, are they floating aimlessly are they controlled uh from from a ground station somewhere and what are they responsible for as a as a device sure.
2: so there there are probably many thousands of objects up there and not every object in space is also a satellite there there are debris there are dead satellites and probably waste and other stuff but technically most objects that we talk about in space satellites um, generally have some kind of, well, purpose and are controlled by a so-called ground station. Um, So this purpose might be any application of satellite systems that is, for example, Earth observation, so you do images of the Earth um, to figure out how is land usage going to get images to Google Maps and uh, wherever you want to have them. Um, There is obviously internet, which is pretty, Famous currently, uh, if, if you're talking about OneWeb or Starlink, the internet is coming from space to Earth. They also talks about basically doing broadcast, cell phone broadcast from space, so that you don't need these towers um, all over the place anymore. Um, there are things like research and science, obviously, like, you know, these like, James Webb Telescope and uh, other telescopes, Hubble Telescope, that are doing actual science in, in space. Um, and technology testing. So you, before you do space missions, basically everything has been tested in space before. So you usually put in, individual components up onto satellites that only have the purpose of basically testing stuff. Um, and you have a lot more telecommunications, not just the internet or old cell phone services. Obviously, also television services. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Well, for example, yeah. global navigation systems like GPS also up there. So you have a lot of services that are pretty vital, and they are all provided by some form of, by by satellites. And the satellites basically receive the service from a ground station. So the ground station controls the satellite, it tells them where to look to and where not to look to. For example, don't look into the sun, face towards earth so that we get our service to to earth because well, that's what we want to do. Um, And then you have usually some kind of like base station, ground station, whatever the exact term might be that for example, puts the internet service up to the low Earth orbit, where it gets like kind of reflected down to Earth so that people can get it. Um, so, this is kind of the general working area. So, if you do this ground segment, which is these super large antennas, oftentimes, but it doesn't have to, and um, it can also be pretty small, one you have the space segment, which is all the satellites, it might be one satellite, or in the case of these new constellations, might be thousands of satellites. And you have the, the user segment, which is really, for example, your, your smartphone is receiving the GPS service or. Galileo, so it's a user segment device. And these are kind of the three fundamental segments in space.
1: So uh, I'm quoting from the me. abstract. Quoting me. I'm quoting Sean. I want pizza. Now. <laughs> That's right. no, That's right. not, not that quote. Another one. Says, um, many satellites are missing basic command and control traffic protection allowing anyone, air quotes or asterisk, with a strong enough radio to control the satellites. That's scary and fun at the same time. So explain <laughs> explain that. You, you were kind of going there with that when you were explaining. you know, you can control a specific area. You don't need the big dish. Um, exactly. I mean, what kind of radio are we talking about here to get to a satellite?
2: So generally when, when I'm talking about satellites, I'm usually talking about low Earth orbit satellites. I'm, I'm not sure this also applies to like medium Earth orbit satellites or geostationary. So generally talking about low Earth orbit satellites. So when people are thinking about what you need to like reach these satellites, they pr- probably have like in, in front of them these gigantic dishes that you might be able to rent at like Amazon Web Services or that upcast television service. But the reality is you don't need that much. Um, you can buy a full new antenna that can talk on UHF or so ultra high frequency or very high frequency to low Earth orbit satellites, and you can get it f- for you basically for ten thousand dollars. Now, this is obviously not super cheap, but it's let's say in the range of motivated hobbyists, and certainly in the, in the range for motivated groups. And not not
1: much for Doctor Evil, I think.
2: <laughs> exactly. So people assume kind of like you, you need to be like a nation state attacker or you need all this like millions of equipment to reach your satellites. It's, it's not the case. Like you, you can spend 10,000 now and you get yourself the ground station and that uh, you can talk to satellites um, with. And um, really most satellites are talking or getting their commands and sending their, their feedback on these like lower frequencies, like ultra high frequency, very high frequency, um, or even S-band. And that is enough really. <laughs>
0: So let's go back to the, one of the things that Marco talked about: the security through obscurity. Um, it's, it's not a it's not a favorite uh, model. Uh, limited to only aerospace, uh, we see it in industrial control systems and and even IoT devices at home. Uh, and the reason I bring up the IoT devices at home, there, there's a whole dark web internet, uh, maybe even publicly facing. Uh, shodan uh, where you can get open source information intelligence about these devices um certainly iot certainly industrial control systems do, do satellite devices end up there as well because i'm trying to figure out okay i have a radio i spent the 10 grand i'm a little smart i can i can have it send signals but i don't know what signal to send and where to send it unless
2: what yeah so that this is kind of the thing so even though many of the satellites as as we have kind of mentioned don't really have a strong security or a security even at all. So you, you can just send commands up there. The problem is um, you don't know which commands, and this is really the, the kind of the security or obscurity that we are talking about. You need to know exactly how the shutdown command looks like. You need to know the exact bytes, the exact fields. On the internet, that's, that's easy because all protocols are standardized and on for space, we also have a lot of protocols that are kind of the space internet, if you if you wanna say so. Probably Somebody's probably not happy about that term, um, but it, it kind of describes it. And the, the general protocols are to some degree standardized, but the, the final parts, which really describe the instructions, what a satellite should do, for example, steer in another direction or ignite the thruster or whatever, they are usually not standardized. And you really don't know how they look like unless you get for example that the software like we did and then you can figure it out and this is kind of the the veil of like obscurity that people in the space community used to protect their satellites they just don't disclose how these these formats exactly work and this is kind of enough and when you go to something like shodan where you find devices you you i'm, I'm i don't want to i don't want to say you will never find a satellite maybe at some point but currently when you search for satellite-related stuff, you will probably have more luck finding, for example, the end-user devices, for example, the 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 dishes that received the internet service at some point or in the uh, well, when you. When you book an internet service, for example, and you get a dish, you can place it somewhere in desert and then you receive internet service. These devices, if they're not properly configured, um, they can show up and show down. And this has happened before. This um, was also like a talk many years ago. Um, But satellites themselves usually don't because they are not integrated into the actual internet. They are intended to talk to their ground station where their their operators are positioned. Um, So they're really kind of in their own network so people think about them as something that only the operators can control but this is exactly the case that is no longer the case because you can just buy the ground station equipment and you can control them but they won't show up on showdown like that because they're not part of the internet they are not interconnected and right now on your pc you can't talk to one because um you would have to or you would need control over ground station and then you can talk to them and maybe well you can you can probably look like an Amazon Web Service, and then try it. But that's a different deal.
1: So the, the title of your presentation is "Star We Houston, and We Have a Problem," which is something we never really want to hear, um, unless it's in a movie, we just kind of make it fun, and then and then we resolve the problem if things goes well. Uh, but uh, are we addressing this problem? I mean, you you say you 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 tested nineteen, if I'm not wrong, uh, satellite manufacturer that all came down with some kind of like this security through obscurity issue. Uh, Is there an organization? Is there a global uh, coming together of, of, you know, I'm thinking, you know, NASA, I'm thinking, uh, you know, the the European Space Agency, the Japanese one, are, are we addressing this right now or everybody's on his own?
2: So in the paper, we looked into three satellites specifically, like me and my colleagues, we looked into three satellites and reverse engineered them and figured out every, every detail about them. And since three is not a great sample for the thousands that are up there, we did a survey about, uh, and we received uh, responses from 19 people over like places like ESA, NASA, businesses, um, also some academics, and they basically gave us a broader picture. Um, And there we kind of saw the the lacking security, mostly, for example, access protection, but also issues with the general usage of protocols. And this is not something that you can just fix overnight because you have to, you kind of have to test the stuff. So you can't just patch in an encryption into a satellite. Um, Because as I mentioned at the very beginning, every component that goes on a satellite has to be tested before. It's, It's not kind of like has to be, but. You want to be sure because um, it's pretty hard going to space and fixing your satellite by hand. Um, not a lot of people can do this. So you really want to be sure that this works. And the problem with like access protection on satellites is, and and I, I want to stress, people are doing it. It's not, it's uh, just a lot of people are not doing it. So it's definitely not a completely unsolved topic. Um, but the, the issue is that you have to be sure that you can recover your satellite. Um, so for example, what happens if you if you lose the key? That is not something that people think about a lot on, on lot a lot about on Earth because you can just go to the server and reset it. That that is kind of the worst outcome that you could face. On on space, your satellite might be gone. And this is kind of a if, if the satellite was like two million dollars, then that's a pretty terrible outcome. Um so putting stuff in space and like testing it, like command encryption authentication is hard because you have so many more factors to think about. Um and that's why it's not happening a lot. And when you think about how we can change this, they definitely push us to change this. So we, for example, know that uh, ESA, or when we talked to ESA about this, they were very open about it. They gave us a software because they were very interested in this topic. Um, and we were in talks a lot with them to figure out what what they can do to improve security. And they were very eager to do it. And they're, for example, now also hosting a, well, a kind of an academic workshop um, to figure out or find research uh, to improve security on these assets. And for example, I'm also hosting a workshop on one of the security conferences called SpaceX, um, where we also encourage the community, the research community to f- identify issues in space, because that's kind of the, the step where we are at. We kind of have to even figure out what even are the problems, what are potential solutions, what are the challenges. We are kind of in the very early stages here. But it's definitely picking up speed. There's a conference, for example, in Europe called SciSat, Um, that is also picking up this topic, it's really conference dedicated to satellite or space system security. And you can really see basically a a lot of the big players being there and talking about security and talking about concrete things that they are doing to improve it. Um, So the, the space community has always been it's, it's something that takes a lot of time to fix because you need to test something on a satellite and that takes years to plan a satellite. And then you have to test the satellite and only then you can decide to put it on the next satellite. So if you do major decision chain or major changes like putting encryption or authentication on satellites, you really want to test this years, maybe even a decade in advance. And that's why adoption of fixes are so slow. And we are not just talking about encryption authentication for commands. We are also talking about every day defenses that are employed on every computer that we are currently here using. And any device, any defenses against exploitation that are currently on modern operating systems, just standards for like 20 years or longer, they are also missing on these satellites. And this has reasons like, because you can prove it that it works or because it takes a little bit more energy. um, And there are all these small things that you have to think about, like double and triple the time on a satellite that makes it hard, but people are definitely trying to get there, and I'm sure they will be getting there.
0: And I don't know if you have uh, much insight to share on this, because research is obviously looking for vulnerabilities. Um, But do you you have a sense to how well we look at this from a detection and response perspective? Because what we're talking about is figuring out where it's broken and, and finding a patch and putting it, building it right from the first place and or patching it and putting it up uh, securely before it get, can get compromised. But what about while it's up there? Are they are we able to monitor and do we have mitigating controls for if something bad does surface?
2: That is isn't indeed a question that we looked into. We kind of wanted to figure out if we are taking a satellite right now, if we were to do this, how would the operators notice that this is actually happening? Um, and the answer is, they have some tools they for example they have for example counters how many exe- or how many commands were executed how much traffic was received and if they really monitor it they they can for example notice these kinds of things um but obviously if you are talking about bigger satellites when not just one person or two persons are responsible for controlling them but maybe a large team um then this is obviously not not, not kind of the way to go you don't want to like figure out every single packet that goes to a satellite um and I, I obviously i can't speak for any government agencies or military or some some secret stuff that companies are doing um generally i'm i don't think there's much in a sense of like for example honeypots um, where you figure out what kind of attack is currently going on and you want to figure out what the attacker is doing and how they're doing it this is this for example called honeypots that that's something we're doing on the internet. There are PCs that are specifically designed to look interesting to attackers so that people attack them and so that we can figure out how the attack works. Something like this, we are currently researching for satellites, but it's, um, I don't think something that is, uh, let's say widely deployed, if at all.
1: Oh, I'm just curious. And I don't know if it's a stupid question or not, but um, but I'm stupid, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> The you focus on the low Earth orbits, and so does it. What it makes harder the one that a higher um, Earth orbit is the fact that are harder to reach, or they're actually conceptualized uh, different. Like, are they actually safer? I mean, I know it's not your thing, but I'm. I think it's a pretty wide and question that maybe you know the answer.
2: So. We looked into Low Earth Orbit because the satellites are a lot smaller, they are a lot more and that's why it's easier to find somebody that shares this software with. Um, when you go below or sorry, above Low Earth Orbit, then you have to deal from a like satellite engineering perspective with a lot more difficulties, like you will have a lot more radiation and um, probably a lot of stuff that I'm not qualified to talk about. Mm. Um, but Generally, the satellites get a lot bigger, and with bigger satellites, you generally have a lot more money. And this comes from the fact that a small satellite might just weigh one kilogram. They are actually pretty small, like ten by ten by ten centimeters, um, mm. that is one point three kilograms. For that's kind of a standardized format. But these gigantic satellites that weigh multiple tons, um, they obviously have a lot bigger budget. And what we have seen in the in our survey is that when you have a lot more budget, people are able to consider security a lot more yet we still haven't seen any of the like we've, we've kind of seen the like let's say baseline defense like encrypting and authenticating in telecommands but anything beyond that we haven't seen on any satellite and we haven't seen that anybody answered about any of these defenses on our survey um so i would assume that they will have these like defaults protections that you should have so that not just anybody with a ground station can take uh, control of of these like mm-hmm. big low orbit satellites um, but apart from that like the default defense is like if for for people kn- knowing more insights about security like ASLR or stack cookies it's something that I would expect not to find there either but I I haven't looked into this uh, I, I don't know that
1: yeah I didn't want to put you in this in a spot I was just thinking like if I'm a listener right now i probably would like to ask that question so i did <laughs> thank you
2: <laughs> no it's a good question it's uh they these teams have a lot more money and obviously usually they are put up up there by big corporations that uh, have a significant interest if they lose one of these satellites it might just be a pretty big issue for the business in general so they they go there with different considerations um and this i hope results in uh, according security measures, but I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: as, long as, <clears throat> as long as I can still find uh, the best pizza in New York through my navigation uh, enabled app, I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. So um, no, jo- all joking aside, I mean uh, super important topic obviously and uh, I'm grateful to see that you're doing this research with some of your uh, your peers and, and colleagues and uh, for the obviously we didn't give anything away. Right. We're just talking about in general, you you have all the goods to share during your talk uh, at Black Hat on Thursday, the 10th at 1.30 uh, exactly. Pacific, obviously. <laughs> so 40 minutes of goodness from Johannes there, uh, all, all the all the deets from uh, from the research you did. And yeah, I'm excited to hear more about that. Um, and hopefully people get a chance to talk to you afterwards as well uh, I'm to, absolutely to build sure this that. community up. Yep.
2: Absolutely. So you will definitely be able to talk to me after the talk. Just come to me, um, and I'm happy to discuss any any space issue, space issues, space security issues, really anything. And uh, I hope you all like to talk if you get a chance to hear it.
0: Perfect. Very cool. Yep i love it well thanks johannes uh for joining us and uh giving us a sneak peek into your session hopefully everybody joins you there and thanks everybody for listening to uh, another chats on the road to black hat usa las vegas uh part of summer camp of course so stay tuned we have many more another one from uh, the aerospace village not too far uh, from this moment Uh, so stay tuned for that one as well and uh, everything else coming to you from from las vegas that we're covering so stay tuned
2: thanks for having me